If you've been a longtime listener of Making Room, you've likely seen a few different things happen. You've seen us have episodes just by ourselves that I came to call Kate Dates with Kate. You've seen us bring on guests in the industry and a little bit of everything in between. You've also likely seen episodes without ads, episodes with ads. And so today I just want to talk about what is coming with Making Room, our heartbeat for the future, and a few things that you might have been seeing um, and how to understand them. So First of all, when we started Making Room, we kind of had this subtitle, Making Room for Difficult Conversations, and our heartbeat was to have conversations of things that are happening in culture. Now, that has kind of taken shape a little bit as we have listened to you guys and uh, kind of evolved just over the years uh, as a business. So Making Room, what we are doing now is we are going to be focusing on the three pillars of hospitality as we work to make hospitality intentional. Now, these three pillars to us are design, food, and people. Now, for design, we are going to be diving into how to create a space that reflects you and your family, a space that you feel comfortable with. So the umbrella of design will cover a lot of conversations. Then will come uh, food, welcoming in experts and and our own in-house tips on different food trends, how to build food confidence, cooking confidence, um, and just all those delicious conversations from, again, our space and people in the space that you love and respect. Now, when it comes to people, that's going to be where we are going to tie in um, those difficult conversation elements as we see fit. As you know, culture changes, and as we hear from you guys as well, um, different things with guests and host tensions and all things that fall under people. So as we move forward, uh, you can expect to see conversations in these three major categories. Now, because I am the host and have um, certain values and interests of my own, you might also see a few conversations on faith, a few conversations on health and wellness, um, just because those are topics that Um, Again, I really love, and there are people um, in those fields that I really want to talk to and hear from that I think will add value to your lives too, because as it ends up, we all end up um, sharing certain values. Um, So another thing that I wanted to talk about is just the um, topic of ads, just because this has been mentioned a little bit. So as Gather um, takes shape and evolves a little bit, we are working to make this more of a full-time thing for Gather. We want to bring more episodes to you, more resources. Um, And so with that, but comes with a few uh, decisions that we have to make. So one of those, as you guys know in the podcasting space, is uh, podcasters will ask for people to contribute to things like Patreon, where you guys actually pay to listen or pay for specific episodes. It is very important to me at this stage that you are able to listen for free. Um, there, This is probably the area of the most content that we're producing, and I want it to be a resource where you could just come and sit back and feel like you belong excuse me, at the table. So I do not want to charge you. Because I am not charging you at this point, um, we are working with ads to make this free for you. Um, Now with that, I want to make you a few promises. The first one is that I will only, only, only work with brands that offer services and products that complement what we are teaching here. We have a vetting process where I actually try everything from these companies, where I talk to the owners of most of these brands. Um, 
and make sure that again, it complements what we're teaching and what we value and that I know would add value to your life. So listen, I recommend um, that you really listen to them and give them some thought because I care about you guys. <laughs> I really do. And the fact that you're here as we move forward with the show, um, this is going to be more regular. You can expect to see an episode the beginning of every week. We are aiming for Monday, but you will also see a second episode some weeks throughout the month that will just be a date with Kate, a workshop style class to give you guys a balance of conversations with guests, but also educational episodes that are inspiring you and really equipping you for hospitality. So I just wanted to fill you guys in as you might be seeing some changes with making room, um, as you're seeing more episodes launched and more guests join, just to give you guys some clarity um, and to feel a little bit more at home in this space. So today we are going to be having a date with Kate talking about intentional hospitality. If you are a follower of us at Gather Intentional Living on Instagram, you hear us use that term a lot. So I want to start off with a story and to share a little bit more about what that means to me and what it can mean to you guys as well. Welcome to Making Room, a podcast by Gather Intentional Living and Everyday Hospitality. Listen, we understand that the way that our culture often portrays hospitality is unattainable, and sometimes even just the thought of opening your door is crippling. Join us in the pursuit to bringing beauty, meaning, and celebration back to the everyday gathering. Go ahead, take your seat. We saved one just for you. If you're anything like me, you've always wondered just a little bit about meal subscription boxes. But what if I told you that I have the answer to no advanced meal planning, no grocery shopping, no big messes, and straight to your door restaurant quality meals? Well, with Gobble, you can have all of that. 15 minute restaurant quality meals. You heard that right. With everything pre chopped, pre portioned, no need to measure or peel or any of the stuff that drives you nuts on a weeknight, you can have access to a diverse menu of flavors with special options for dietary restrictions, even options for large families and kid friendly options. With Gobble, you can have all of this delivered right to your door to make your weeknight delicious and so much more simple. Click the link in the podcast notes to get your first six meals for only $36. I promise it's as good as it sounds. Okay. So I want to start off with a story about a fiddle leaf fig tree. That's what they're called, right? I've heard like fiddle leaf tree. I've heard fig ficus. Listen, it's those really pretty trees with like the really big leaves that are commonly called tree majors. Okay. We're going to go with fiddle leaf fig. <laughs> I don't know. Oh guys, it's been a day. So I was at Costco uh, a few years ago. I, I think it was like the thick of COVID. Um, and I saw these trees. It was an incredibly reasonable price. I had noticed them all over my um, Instagram and Pinterest. So I had to get one. So I brought it home. I knew exactly where I was going to put it. And I Um, I am not known to have a green thumb, but I also haven't had many plants. So I brought this tree home, put it in the perfect corner of my living room. And I thought to myself, okay, really, this should be simple. Tree, water, water, tree. So I proceeded the next few weeks to just water it once in a while when I thought it needed it. And if you've ever had a fiddle leaf tree, you are probably laughing at this point because you know that it is not that simple. So 
<coughs> excuse me, what happened was the next few weeks, I saw one leaf drop and then three leaves drop. And then before you know it, without exaggeration, I was left with a stick in a pile of soil. Now, as crazy as it sounds, track with me here, I was like, surely, surely, if I just keep watering this stick, (laughs) it will come back to life. All the leaves that had dropped will come back. It wasn't until a family member came over, walked into my living room, and saw this stick in soil that said, hey, Katie, what, what's with the stick? <laughs> that is what it took for me to wake up to the fact that maybe, just maybe, what I was doing and my approach to this tree was not working. It taught me something. It put something to check in my life about my own relationships and hospitality. Now, if we were to take um, take inventory of our relationships and of our community and of our hospitality, and if I were to come in and look at them, would I look at you and say, what is with the stick in the pot of soil? In other words, what keeps happening that is leaving you discontent and disconnected? Now, I am, as much as I am talking to you, I think I'm talking to culture as a whole, specifically hospitality culture, because I feel like what's happening right now in our modern day hospitality is we are having these gatherings, um, we are surrounded by people, but we more often than not leave disconnect or discontent and disconnected. So when I talk about Um, intentional hospitality, I am talking about the solution to this very problem. Now, intentional hospitality to me means a few things. It means making decisions that, if you're taking notes, here's where that comes in, considers first the goal of the event, the desired outcome for the event, considers who is attending along with their worldview, their needs, and their preferences. Okay, so let's dive into this a little bit because um, maybe this is familiar kind of dialogue for you. Maybe it's new. Um, but I think here's here's the reality that we're facing. We have um, Instagram culture, Pinterest culture, same but different, right? We scroll, we save ideas, and we just kind of randomly pick and choose. And we're like, okay, this um, activity looks fun. This uh, dessert looks good. Let's just pull it together. Without that intentionality piece, you can have a very beautiful gathering. You could have a very fun gathering even, but you are missing that um, meaningful connection piece that kind of fuels everything we do here. So Um, I want to give a few examples to this just to get you thinking. Um, And then my hope is in the coming weeks to create more resources on our blog uh, that will give you more kind of like food for thought and maybe even templates as you're um, as you're planning. So if you're starting with the um, the goal of the event, I want to give you um, a kind of example of what to do along with uh, things just things to caution you. I don't necessarily want to say things not to do, but just cautions. So. I guess let's start there. So a caution would be if your goal for an event, say, for example, you are having a neighborhood barbecue and your goal for the event is to walk away knowing your neighbors a little bit better and feeling a little bit more connected. Um, 
While it would be okay for you to have, say, a water balloon toss, I would caution you to not have that be the only thing. Here's why. When you're doing a water balloon toss in the thick of summer, so fun, right? Especially when there's kids and families involved. But if that is your only activity, you are not encouraging connection and conversation through that activity, right? Now, in the same respect, I was talking to one of you recently about a large kind of like conference activity. And um, one of the ideas that we were kind of talking through was a wine tasting or a cheese tasting. Horace would be so well loved and well received, but you just need to know the goal of the event first. So for example, if the goal is networking and everybody's kind of working on their own individual activity, you are likely not going to find the end result that you were hoping for. So what do you do? So you take the goal. And you make that the lens through which you filter every decision through. So um, really, like I said, I hope to create things on our blog and our social media coming up that will give you um, a more extensive list of specific options. But for now, what I want to do is instill in you this uh, lens. So for example, you're going to put um, the way you set up your food through it. So if your goal is connection for this event, Are there places for people to gather when eating their food to connect? Um, We talk about the concept of fast food versus slow food. Slow food is pick food that people eat quickly. They are not sitting at a table long enough, typically, to have conversation. Slow food is fuller meals or things with a fork and a spoon uh, or fork and plate that require sitting that would, in turn, encourage um, some natural conversation. So the way that you present your food, what activities you select, the way that you are setting up your home um, or not (laughs) to kind of meet that goal, all of these things are considered intentional hospitality uh, with our goals as the lens. Now your next lens, let's talk about this, is who is coming along with kind of like their worldview or any like cultural elements at play. And then um, also with that, any preferences they have. Now, I want to talk about the preferences or the needs first. So one of the things you need to be very aware of um, with intentional hospitality, or I guess this is where um, I think I think we go wrong without even realizing it, is we plan the events solely from our perspective. Um, and I don't even think we mean it to be self-serving. But we don't consider the guests that are coming, which create some unsaid um, like divisions or tensions. It's a missed opportunity to show people, hey, you belong here. Um, I considered you and I want I did this so that you feel comfortable. So what are some of those things? The biggest one that I will like shoot or shout from the rooftops is uh, special dietary needs. Okay. So to kind of engage in intentional hospitality, considering their needs, you are going to have a gluten-free guest. So I always tell people, have a gluten-free crackers on hand. Um, If you have a mixed crowd that you don't really know, I would say even go as far as to just have a pot of gluten-free pasta if you're making regular. Those simple things to show your guests like, hey, I know that you have this dietary restriction. I'm so sorry that you do, but I still want you to enjoy the meal like the rest of us. Another thing like this would be any kind of disabilities, um, any kind of if someone just had surgery and they're on crutches, if someone's arriving in a wheelchair to be aware of those things ahead of time. So because we all know what happens, guys, if we don't think about these things and someone shows up, um, 
of course, there are going to be times when you'd be surprised, but you're like, oh, and it, it creates this like frustration and anxiety and angst and makes your guests feel uncomfortable, right? I think we could both say, we could all say that we've been in both situations where we've been flustered as a host because we didn't think through the guest list um, and uncomfortable as the guest arriving because you feel like an inconvenience. So intentional hospitality considers these things. They consider what kind of food. So as I am preparing my meal, who am I preparing it for and through what filter do I need to put it through? Okay. And I know that in uh, modern hospitality, this can be interpreted as inconvenience. It's inconveniencing me, right? But I want you to, uh, I want to help flip that switch a little bit and change that narrative because what is the goal of gathering? The goal of gathering is connection and community, um, meaning, belonging, all of these things. And if we want to meet that ends, we just have to be a little bit more focused and give a little bit more time to the decisions that we're making. Now, on the other side of this, the one point that I want to bring up just to finish this thought is the concept of um, various cultures or worldviews coming at the table. Now, when I talk about culture, um, obviously, I've lived in international communities, and I've seen the difference of um, just like Thai culture and American culture coming together and how different activities were culturally acceptable or not. But also with this, I want you to consider family cultures. And also with this, some team cultures too. I think it's really important for us to consider, you know, there are some teams that maybe are a little bit more recreational in their approaches. They like come together. Some are a little bit more um, like polished and professional. And then when you're talking about families, some really identify with their religious backgrounds. Others don't. And so as we're considering the um, the activities that we're doing, the way that we are setting up the event, um, even what we are just like offering in regards to entertainment, it's really important to just have these things in mind, not as the end all be all, uh, but just to consider, okay, would this activity appeal to a majority of the guests? Would this activity p- uh, potentially cause um, offense or come against something that a guest that I care about believes or values. Okay, so with all of this, um, you guys know if you've been around here for a while that there's a grace with all of this, right? I am no, in, by no means telling you to um, all of this has to be perfect and totally spot on. There's no way to make a gathering appeal to absolutely every single guest. But intentional hospitality just considers these things as the forefront. So instead of just flippantly picking things just because they seem good, um, you are actually picking things that consider the goal and the people that are attending. Um, intentional hospitality. So as you see us um, creating recipes and approaching design and all the things that making room will be and that gather will be, um, it is through this lens of intentional hospitality. And I hope to talk about it more. Um, I hope that this conversation was helpful for you and got you thinking a little bit, even as you are um, getting ready to create your own events. I am going to, um, just like I always do put an image for this, uh, podcast episode on our feed at gather intentional living. I would love for you to do one of two things on that post to either write a gathering coming up that you need help making intentional decisions for. So for example, that, um, customer that reached out that said, I'm having an event with a hundred people. Can you help me um, pick an activity? Or if you have made an intentional decision recently based on, you know, your goal or your guest list, I want you to let us know on that thread as well. Well, guys, this concludes this week's date with Kate talking about intentional hospitality and the 
future and the next few steps of making room. Um, I just appreciate you guys so much. Now, one of the biggest ways that you can help um, any podcast, but especially making room, is by leaving five stars or, or a review. Um, there are currently 27 written reviews on Apple, which I am so incredibly grateful for every single one. But there are a couple thousand of you that listen. I know that it sounds so silly when podcasters talk about this, but it really allows the show to be more easily searchable, more easily found, and it kind of puts it to the front page, almost like with Google, for people that are searching um, for conversations on hospitality, community, or anything like that. So if this show has meant a lot to you, challenged you, made you laugh, any of those things, um, it would mean so much to us if you went over there um, and left a review. And on that note... We'll see you next week with more from guests and friends that are coming on the show and another